a little boy crying. I had a feed craving and was eating one at the time. I mean, it was a serious dilemma contemplating whether to eat the bowl of fruit that I had just cut up or put it in the fridge to have after I shot to the shop. I even considered taking the little glass bowl with me to eat the fruit on the way to the shop and back. It was bad. I couldn't decide and ended up eating a couple of pieces and throwing the bowl in the fridge to put temptation away from me. It was 50 minutes till the shop closed and the fruit would not be available until Monday. I only had two Fijoas left and that was not going to cut it for me. I've always dreaded the thought of not being able to have Fijoas. My time in Oz brought that home to me of how horrible it had been. Fijoa was scarce and most fruiterers I visited had no idea what they were. I was flabbergasted. How could they not know? Fijoas are quite possibly my favourite fruit, but I did not know that until I could not buy them. I went without for years and used to wake up with a Fijoa milkshake craving. You take honey, two or three ripe Fijoas, dollops of ice cream, any berries or bananas, and rich creamy milk. I've always preferred real milk, with cream sitting on the top of the bottle or the carton. That other stuff doesn't do it for me. Then you add some cream and dust it with cinnamon or chocolate. Yum. Berries can be found in most countries, except Mongolia, I discovered, unless you buy them from hotel restaurants. It might have changed in the last ten years. The country is resource and mineral rich and is crawling with foreign investors now. I hope the poor that dwell beneath a city, hugging to the long hot water pipes that service the city's electricity in Ulaanbaatar, benefit from all that foreign money. Anyway, back to my story. I was in too much of a hurry to fetch my bonnet and figured that I wouldn't be long. Hmm. Famous last words. I had a lovely long chat with the owner of the shop about the delicious organic produce they have. They buy from local growers and take a small profit and give most of it back to the locals. It's a sideline for their butcher shop, which also buys from local farmers. I often buy from them myself and was there only two days ago. Their pork belly strips and steak were an excellent addition to the fried rice meal I'd been hankering for. I do not have rice that often. When I do, I prefer to support the local shop's the organic produce is amazingly cheap and very competitive with supermarket prices. I have my own organically grown veggies and use apple cider vinegar and water as an insecticide. It might have worked too had I not forgotten to keep an eye on it. The little blighters ate most of my tomatoes. I managed to get a few, but they got first pick, dang it all. Back to the story. I was about to walk toward my house when I noticed a little darling looking into the shop behind me. He turned to bounce a basketball and made to walk off. Looking up and down the sidewalk, I noticed a couple of cars with people in them. It was Saturday afternoon and most of the shops were closed or closing. I watched the little guy for a few moments and he walked to the end of the shop and came back towards me. He was not interested in the occupants of the cars and seemed to be hugging the side closest to the empty shops. Darling, I said, are you all right? Where is your mummy? The little darling's bottom lip started to shake and tears filled his eyes and flowed down his face. 
I cannot walk far without aid, and had my walker with me, and sat down and cooed to him. Come here, darling, tell me what is wrong. The little boy talked through his tears. Apparently he had gone to look for his sister. They were meant to be going out, and he was upset because he had looked in all the shops and could not find her. Until then he had assumed that he would be with her, and had not been frightened, and then he realised that he was alone. I considered ringing the police and tried the shop door, but it was closed and locked for the day. The supermarket was nearby. I wondered if I should get the car and take the little fellow to the police station, but thought it best to ring them. All the stories of missing children and stranger danger filled my mind, and I was a little worried of how it might look. Then I got annoyed, and common sense told me that it was best to get involved properly than think of that. He was not the first child that I had helped, and would most likely not be the last. Fiddlesticks to how it looked. He was a little boy lost and wanted his mummy. Darling, where do you live? I asked. He rattled off his address and phone number, but I had left my phone at home and would have to take him with me to phone his mother. I didn't think that was wise. Innocent though it was, it was not the done thing. How we are judged and tried for quite normal and innocent behaviour because of a wicked few. The address he gave was no more than an eight or so minute walk away. I had not walked so far, but was confident that I could manage and rest on the walker which has a seat. I gave my little friend a fee and the tears magically dried up. He grasped the fruit in his hand and said that he would have it when he got home. We set off, and I took it upon myself to teach him about stranger danger, even telling him that if they are kind and talk nice like me, he must make sure that people can always see him. I told him not to talk to strangers, unless other people could see him, and pointed to the cars going past and the houses that we walked by. I know he was listening because he nodded his head and talked to me about it. I needed to have a seat and asked if he wanted one when we came up to a bench at the bus stop. He happily bounced the ball and said that he wanted to get home. Their neighbour was taking them all to the beach, which was why he went to fetch his sister. It was all he talked about on the way home. I made him stop and check the road twice before crossing, and even while crossing, I made him stop to check again for cars before leaving the middle of the road. I stopped him at every driveway, too. He was a good little listener and did everything that I said. He told me he was five. We were entering a cul-de-sac, and he said that I could go. He could see his house. No, darling, I need to talk to your mummy. He ran off after checking the driveway and kicked his sandals off before calling out, Mum, come and see my friend. She wants to talk to you. I waited outside, but an older boy invited me in. I found a woman resting on a couch. It seemed that she was ill. I told her how I met her son and what had happened. She thanked me. I gave a couple more fijos to the other children, but one screwed his face up, and the little darling, who was already eating the one I'd given him earlier, beamed at me and took them for himself. I left, but before I reached the end of the street, sat down and shook with shock. Fear for this little one that I had found had lent me strength and driven me to walk, but it failed me now, and I found I had to rest. I am still building my strength up and should not have walked so far, but it was a little thing compared to helping him. 
I could not have slept had I not seen him safely home. And, too, it had brought up the thought of how thousands of little darlings like him go missing every day. Children around the world are picked up by strangers, and not all of them have stories that turn out as well as my little friends had. His mother called to him before I left, and I heard her say, Come here, Mummy wants to talk to you now.